It's the 60 Go podcast brought to you by Mint Sports. Steve's, how are you? Good, mate. How are you going? Good, thanks. We're going to talk mainly about Origin today, but I just want to mention over the weekend the quality of the football, particularly when you get towards the back end of Origin when teams are clearly stricken for talent. Do you think that we have to have an argument now about postponing the season or having a break in the middle of the year for Origin, moving Origin? What do you think we do? Mate, I, I don't. I agree. I don't know what the answer is, though. I'm not sure if uh, postponing the season or having stand standalone origin games is the answer. We've tried before. Some would argue it works. Some would argue it hasn't. I think everyone got excited with the quality of footy the first around the first origin when there was really close games. It was good quality. It dipped a little bit around the second one. And as you said, mate, the, the quality of the footy on the weekend was just, it was poor. It, it, the, the best game was the Dolphins-Titans um, game yesterday afternoon. And I would argue that it wasn't a normal NRL standard game. It was just the fact that it was so close. Absolutely. You see Q Cup games of the same standard. Yeah, that's right. That are, that are just naturally close. And yeah. some of these games, like Tigers-Sharks, Sharks need to give themselves a kick in the ass because they are woeful c- compared to okay. who we think are legitimate Are you teams. ready for the Sharks to become the favourites to win the comp? No. With, no. with this one statement I'm about to make? <laughs> they okay. are... No chance. Pretenders, mate. Yeah. You know, that they will flog every side from fifth down. But I just can't see them beating a good, a good side. Not at all. Not at all. They... The fact that the so, Tigers, so get on them now. <laughs> the fact that the Tigers were in that game at half time, like the inability to put teams away when you have all the momentum kills them. Well, it's strange because you know that's the thing that we would often say about the Sharks is that they do seem to put the the rubbish teams away. Um, but yeah, they, they struggle with the Tigers, and the Tigers are not in a good way. So that that wasn't really anything to write home about. I suppose it depends on how. The Sharks go over the next couple of weeks and then we can really make our mind up. But for mine, I, I don't see the Sharks threatening to win the comp. Not at all. Not at all. I would actually... Um, how do I say this? I th- I think that they're a chance of not winning a finals game. Yeah, I agree. Same as last e- year. Even if they make the top four. Yeah. So last year they had back-to-back losses. One was against, I think, the Rabbitohs, but the other one was definitely against the Cowboys. They lost shootouts, like 36-30, yeah, 30 Yeah, it was. It was the, um, was it a big two-point field goal from Valentine Holmes? Yes. 30, 32-30, or yeah, yeah, whatever it was. So the the inability to defend at the top level is really going to cripple them. They need to do some work in the offseason. Speaking off of the inability to defend, <laughs> Parramatta broke my heart on Saturday night. I, I know you take... Well, the fullback, both halves, you know, you're starting prop um, and a couple of other guys with injury out of any side and, you know, they're, they're pushing the proverbial uphill. But I still expected them to, to give the Warriors a fright and the Warriors just handled them with ease. So back to the drawing board for Para, get a few blokes back this week and see how they go. They need their origin stars to come through from Parramatta and play this weekend. Yeah. Uh, because I think they play the Titans this weekend. They do. Must win game. Yeah, they got them. the Titans and the Cowboys, and you know they could easily go two from two. They go one from two or, or none from two, and it's season over. I just want I just want to ask you about the Warriors. The Warriors are two points outside the top four at the moment, so they're in the eight, but they're two points outside the top four. The next two weeks, 
They go Cronulla and Canberra. Are they at home or away? Uh, they're at home for both. Yep. And then they don't play a team inside the top eight for the rest of the year. So, you know, you, you just said they're two points out of the four. They're also two points out of ninth. Well, that's true. But the fact is... They, they've got a good run home. They've got two winnable games yeah. against top eight teams. Yeah. I'm not saying they will win both, but I, I would say they'll win one. Well, yeah, that's right. Let's give them one. Yep. And then they go the Titans, Tigers... Uh, Manly, Dragons, Dolphins. That is the best run home out of any, Mate, any team. Mate, if they are fair dinkum and they are even at 75%, they go three from five there. With And that and that's you know giving them the benefit of the doubt of having two or three down performances. They'll yep. still go three from five. So I would say there's certainties for the eight. And yeah. I, I think that they will push top four. And they might, they might miss out on four and against or something and tie for fourth. But they're right in the hunt for that fourth spot. Who, who, have, um, who have the Sharks got on their run home? So the Sharks on the run home. And the Broncos too, because that's the other side that interests me. Yeah, so the Sharks, they have coming up Warriors, obviously. Then they yep. have Manly, yep. Penrith, yep. Souths. So tough run tough. so far. Yep. Then they've got the Titans, yep. Cowboys, Knights, and Raiders. That, so, that's that's not an easy run home, is it? It's not. I would say that there's two gimmies there in in the Titans and Knights if they're fair income. Yep. Then there's a um, then there's the then rest of fifty fifty. Well, then there's a you know sixty forty. You'd probably give them the, they'll be they'll go into the Manly game favourite. And then the other games are dead set toss of the coins. If if not, no chance. So, yeah. now, I I couldn't tip them against Penrith, and the fact that they play South in a month, so South should have some blokes S- back by then. Latrell could be back by then as well. So th- that's a tough run for Cronulla. I'm it not is. I'm not sure they're going to make top four. Yeah, that, that's right. And and the other one that interests me is just in the back of my mind, I I think the Broncos have got a tough run home. So we'll go to the Broncos, but. Then I want to talk about the Rabbits. The Rabbitohs are slipping. They need players back. But I've got more confidence in the Rabbitohs making the top eight just because they'll. this is as wor- This is as bad as they'll be. Yeah. So they'll Losing get- to the Dogs. Yes. Not ideal. <laughs> Not ideal. Uh, but I will say that the Broncos over the next few weeks have the Dogs. Yeah. Well, it's a win. Souths. It just depends on depends who's back. What happens, yeah. The Roosters. I, I will say, mate, that even without Latrell, Cook, Murray, Kaloa Matangi, Walker, just purely coming back from origin, they're four big ins. Massive ins. Yeah. Massive ins. So we've got the Roosters. Yep. The Cowboys. Yep. The Eels. Yep. The Raiders. The Storm. Okay, so that's not an easy run. Home. Not an easy run. No. So, so yeah. then no lock for the top four is where I'm where I'm getting. No lock for the top there. four. Neither. Uh, I would favour at this point in time the Broncos finishing higher than Cronulla. That's right. And now after you've spoken about those runs home, I would favour the Warriors to finish over the top of both of them. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. they've just got a dream run home. Absolutely. But uh, we didn't have a podcast last week because uh, I had the flu. But. Um, Everyone's playing for second. <laughs> like, oh this yeah, Penrith. Is, yeah. This is a this is a laugh. It, yeah. When if Cleary comes back, fine. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, Cleary doesn't even have to come back. Well, if, really, if Cleary doesn't come back, you would say, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident Penrith will still make the GF. Yes. And then you bring back the best halfback in the comp. Of course, her favourites to win it. Yeah. And we spoke about this months ago. Mm-hmm. 
they are just doing what they have to do to be top two, top four. And you know what? They're actually now first. Yes. So, and they're not even close to playing as well as they can. Not at all. And I, I, I will say though, I think that that second half against Melbourne was probably the best half that they've put together all year. And it was so, it was so unbelievable to watch because Melbourne were right up for that game in the yeah. first 30 minutes. And you don't see that. You, like Melbourne were up for it. They were on top. And then all of a sudden they had no answers at all, did they? None. And it just shows that they are a class above everyone at the moment. The players that they bring in to replace players are just up yeah. to the level. And I think that also... Someone, well drilled. Well drilled. Someone brought this up about... Uh, Canterbury over the weekend and with Cameron Seraldo and and it's not a it's not a diss against Cameron Seraldo it's just him working out that he's in a different situation the fact that the guys he's bringing through are not up to the guys he could bring through at Penrith of course yeah that's exactly right I mean yeah the the quality in player is just poles apart Penrith B team would would be very competitive against some NRL teams. Well, they wouldn't come last, put it that way. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And that's a that's a scary proposition to have. So, the other one that I think now, tell me if you disagree, but that loss yesterday for mine is Titans season over. They don't make the eight now. Yeah. They 100%. needed to beat the Dolphins. The fact that Titans have no buyers left up their sleeve, that's, yep. a, that's a massive loss. Yep. So, that was, that was an interesting one for mine. And I, I flicked you a text last week about um, Zach Lomax. Yes. Now, basically, it was along the lines of dizzy struggles at times. Yeah. You know? And I thought then on Friday night, because I watched the game very closely with Dan Russell playing, um, you know, an Emerald boy who Shout out to yeah, Dan. went to TCC. And um, yeah, great follow. Everyone had an interest in seeing how Dan went. So I was watching the game closely. Zach Lomax had the best game of his NRL career in my mind the other night. He still doesn't think about what he's doing. He still pushes passes. He still just has brain explosions. But, gee, he was good. He was involved. And when he's involved, he's good. He looked strong, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, uh, he's, he's been told that he can leave St. George. That is true. Yeah. Um, can you think of a team that would would benefit of going after Zach Lomax? It's all relative, mate. And I have this discussion or argument with plenty of people who like to bag... Um, players or what the perceived wages things like that a we don't really know what people are on and b it's all relative so if zach lomax is on 700 a year which is what's rumored you know it's floating around yeah of course he's not worth that but if zach lomax was on 300 grand a year we'd be sitting here having a conversation gee how good zach lomax yeah you know what's his next contract going to look like so it's all relative there would be 16 other teams in the comp that would have a conversation around what could we get him for? Where would we use him? Because he could play center, wing, fullback. We'll move on to state of origin. We'll, we'll have a chat about selections. First of all, we'll start with, we'll start with Queensland because they're the easiest ones to do. No selections out of, um, out of, out of form. They're forced changes. So uh, Reese Walsh out, uh, AJ Brimson in. And the other one is Corey Horsburgh in for Tom Flegler, who was injured for the rest of the year. Uh, I spoke to Nate about yep. this on, on Friday. Uh, the fact that Queensland, this series, it, it definitely applies more to the Corey Horsburgh one than the AJ Brimson selection, but during this series, when there's been a selection to be had between a veteran and a youth player, 
they've gone with the youth player yeah. like 99% of the time. And that's catapulted the development of this squad. Now, you and I can talk all we want about how we think Christian Welch is an origin caliber player, and he is. Yeah. But when the decisions have to be made to go with middle forwards, they've gone with the youth and it's worked. And 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 thinking about it, looking at it, when there's a whisker between the two players, it, it makes sense. Of course, you're going to go with the younger bloke, put some experience into them. And, and we're not talking about poles apart here with these players. There is a, it's a dead set photo finish between some of these blokes. So, you know, it's it's investment in the future. It's it's taking a risk on someone. It's bringing youth and energy and someone impressionable who, who would have sat there for the last 10 to 15 years watching um, Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston do their thing. And now all of a sudden you're in camp with them, just would be eating up everything they're saying. Whereas, you know, you, you talk about a Welsh or a Kafusi, well, they played with those blokes. So it might not have the same impact. Um, so there's there's those things. And the Horsburgh Flegler one in particular, I, I don't reckon there's much between those two blokes at all, to be honest. They're both good footballers. They're both powerful um, runners of the ball. They both give away penalties. They both have got an error in them. But that's what makes them good because they play on the edge. Would you have gone Horsburgh in that situation? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just because it is it is honestly like for like. like oh, I don't see there being much of a difference between the two of them anyway. So, And you're, you're an AJ Brimson fan, aren't I, you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Um, I just think that this will be his fourth origin or fifth origin. And uh, fourth? Y- y- I think it's his third, actually. Third, is it? Third, yeah. Okay. Um, and... I don't think he let us down. Like he did a good job the first couple of times he played for Queensland. And the only reason that he didn't play more straight away was he got injured. So I just think he comes in, he'll do a job. We'll move on to New South Wales. Can you can you make sense of their changes? Can you understand it? Oh, yeah, I can. I can. I, I, I don't know if I agree with them, but they do make sense. It, it's, a, it's a fairly well-balanced side, except for the bench. So I'm not sure if it's the correct Safidi. Like, if you're going to go with one of the Safidi twins, I, I personally think Daniel Safidi is the better one. Um, and, you know, then you have the argument, well, Junior Paulo got dropped. Is he any worse than the Safidi brothers? You know, that's just thinking out loud. Um, the other one is a hooker uh, utility and um, and then the couple of forwards on the bench. Is it the right balance? So I get why they've picked Gutho. Um, he brings energy, enthusiasm, and I think the New South Wales bloke said it themselves. It's having him back in the squad's more, you know, as much about the off-field and the energy he brings around the place than as it is on the field. And he's probably never played better. So, you know, and, and I think he's a better footballer than Dylan Edwards. And again, we've had that discussion. Dylan Edwards is not the best two or three fullbacks. He's just a competitor and he rips in. So I, I get it. I just think they're lacking a forward on the bench. Spencer Lenu for mine or whatever prop they went, I just think would be a better fit. I do think there's a chance Spencer Lenu comes into the team still. Because it is, it's a bizarre bench when you look at it. The you know fact- who, who, who will come? Oh, I'm sounding like I'm very confident here. Sorry to interrupt. But if he comes in, he's not coming in for Gutho. No, 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 he's no. He's coming no. in for Robson. I would think so. Yeah. Um, but, but if you look at this, like, I don't get this. So they pick Stefano. Yep. If you pick Stefano, 
and you play him for 10 minutes. Is that Stefano's fault? No. What's he done wrong there? No. He is one of a number of guys he, who they have given these just laissez-faire, just loose debuts to. And then he's been dropped for game three in a game that actually doesn't matter. So, Pango Jr. Yep. Arguably shouldn't have been picked to, to begin with. I would argue the same for Stefano. But, oh, well, I'll get to Stefano. But Pango Jr., he, did exa- he was either going to have a blinder or do what he did and give away penalties, drop the ball, force a pass. And he did that. So I get them saying, okay, we threw the dice with you. We had a crack. You're gone. I don't get Stefano at all. He didn't get long enough to, to show whether he was up to it or not. Um, it's just a, a little taste. Here you go. Now you're gone again. It, 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 it's strange. And maybe the pain has injury impacted the decision to not go Stefano again because Payne has playing that last game. Remember we spoke about it. It was it was the Stefano selection just screamed Hass is playing sixty to seventy minutes. Yeah. So maybe that maybe that's why. Um knowing that Safidi can go longer minutes. He's done it before at Origin, so I'm just thinking out loud here. But that that could be the decision there and they've given him a taste and now, you know, they'll send him back and see how he goes. But it was a strange one. The dropping of Hudson Young as well, not really one that I understand. How, it's, it's, it's however, weird. It's however weird. we sat here and both agreed that Cameron Murray has to start. We both said lock, but he yes. has to start. So if it's second row, second row. Liam Martin's been their best forward. Yes. So he has to start. Yeah. So you're not bringing Young off the bench. No. Well, the fact that Keon is starting, that's that's what I would have done in game one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think he starts. Yeah, you can think he comes off the bench. Oh, yeah, I think Murray moves to se- uh, second row and his IEO starts. Which, again, I don't know if I agree with. I, I'm more along the lines of you. I think Kalon Matungi should start. Murray at lock. Yo, come on. Bit of fatigue in the game, but... If they get an injury, their, their squad is so out of whack on the bench, they're in all sorts of trouble. Well, look, you have Robson you have a, will have to play... Lock. Yeah, well, you think Gutherson, he'll play... He, he, he'd play Lock. He, he's played Lock for Para before. He's played Hooker for Para before. So I think he'd be the bloke that'd go there. But again, Robson, you're right. He's there. As oh, yeah, I can play up front. Safidi plays up front. Murray can cover the back row. Well, there's, they've, they've got options there. It's just... Like, there are some things that... Doesn't make total sense. Jake coming back yeah. as a no-brainer. Regan Campbell-Gillard to me is, no, no is brainer. a no-brainer. They're the, they were the starting props for the Kangaroos in the World Cup final. So exactly. I will say though, I, I I said this before the start of the season. I think we have a better forward pack for the first time in a long time, and the fact that there's no Payne Haas. Payne Haas had the best game without a doubt of his Origin career in game two. He did, and he was by far the best New South Welshman on the field. He certainly did. But would you say that that's the first time he's looked like he's dominated Origin in any way? Yeah, yeah, I would. Because I, I was starting to think of him a little bit like Zayo. He has to be in the seventeen. Yeah, he's arguably the best or second best prop in the comp. Zayo is the best lock in the comp. Yeah, but they just don't suit Origin. Well, no. they do. Sorry, they do. So you know, they suit Origin. 
but they don't dominate the way that they dominate playing international footy or playing club footy because it's just a slightly more explosive style. There, there were a few players that stuck out to me with Payne Haas in game two and a little bit hazy because it was a few weeks ago, but there were obviously filled the stats, yep. right? Filled the stats up, but there were plays like uh, when the chip kick was put down the left-hand side for the Hammers try, he was the only one yeah, within... those effort areas. Effort areas. Yeah. There was a play where Queensland grubbed the ball into the end zone and um, uh, he was the one to get back and knock the ball dead. Like, oh, he's he, an, it's enormous, isn't it? The his effort, motor yeah, is just... It puts a lot, of other the, a lot of these other players to shame. That's actually. right. And that's, again, going back to what we spoke about before, I do think that Stefano's paying the price for Haas not being right. Probably. Probably. The selection of Cody Walker, to me, is very interesting. It's a game three. He's 34 years old. I would have thought that this was the time to, to put Nico in. Nico is not an, he's not going to star at Origin. I don't know when we're going to get this through our heads. I, I get that. But Cody Walker is he, 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 not the plan. No, that's right. But for me, this screams your, halve, your halves for next year are going to be Moses and Cleary. It's an interesting one. Um, I think it does assist them if they go Cleary and Moses, the fact that uh, it gives them a genuine second kicking option yep. and a bloody good one at that. Yeah. Uh, whereas... When Luai's in the team, and I don't think Luai should have been dropped, actually. That, that's the one. That's, yeah. That's the one. Um, like, I, I understand it, but I, in, in a lot of ways, I don't understand it as well. Because to me, here's the best 5-8 New South Wales have got to pick with. But if you're going to go Moza, it gives you a, a genuine second kicking option, um, not only short distance, but long distance as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, because we just load up on Cleary. And Luai only ever kicks if... He ends up with the footy in his hands on the last, or clear he's been tackled. Do you think this will be James Tedesco's last game? No. Of origin? No. No. Only if he retires. Well, that that would be the thing. Yeah. It, it's going to be really tough. Let's say he doesn't retire. It's going to be really tough next year if Latrell comes out guns blazing and James Tedesco's form hasn't picked up. Yeah. Do you think he'll retire from from rep footy? Yeah, I do. They're just doing doing what they did to Fitler. If if they if the pylon continues, they're just going to force a bloke who is nowhere near ready to retire from rep rep footy to retire from rep footy, and we miss out on two or three years of watching him play. And remember, Fitler did it, and then he come back for a a cameo three or four years after he'd retired from rep footy, and you know everyone would probably argue or agree that he was still up to it. I think there might also be a conversation from the Roosters because the Roosters are travelling ordinary. Yeah. Um, but I really... And I, this is not a James Tedesco bash-up session. I love James Tedesco. He is an absolute champion. But to me, the fact of the matter is his form this year has drastically fallen off a cliff. That's it's just for, my opinion. It, yeah, it's, for, it's fallen away. I just don't think... I don't think it's as bad as as what it's being made out to be. He's certainly not playing as good as he can play. That's undoubtable or undeniable. Um, he's in a, a a pretty woeful Roosters side. He's in a pretty ordinary New South Wales side. 
just the way they're playing and what's been picked around him and the in and out and the injuries and you know the the disjointed way that things would have gone for them before each game. What do they say? You're never as bad as what it seems and you're never as good as what it seems. I think he's falling into the things aren't quite as bad as what it's being made out to be. If the argument was coming from the, well, Luttrell's on fire. Luttrell's got to be the one. Then I'd be more inclined to listen to it. If it was uh, Turbo, he's back, he's on fire, I'd be more inclined to listen to it. Dylan Edwards is an excellent footballer. There's been hundreds and hundreds of excellent footballers who have never had a crack at origin or have never had a crack at test footy. He just might be the case that, unfortunately, for as good as what you are, there's three or four blokes in front of you. That, that's, sorry, Matt, that's the thing that's probably getting on my nerves a little bit is the, the, push for, the push for Edwards or the claim that Edwards should be there instead of Teddy. What are, Edwards is a poor man's Teddy. And that's not being disrespectful. He is great. He is a great footballer and he is a big reason why the Panthers go as well as what they do. But I think in the last nine rounds, he's had one try assist. You know, yeah, that, that, that's my point. I'm off, I'm off my soapbox. Oh, I, I get it. And it's a tough conversation to have. It's yeah. like it's like killing the Easter bunny. Like it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a tough one to have. Uh, the Roosters... We will get. We will do a deep dive of each club at the end of the year. But the Roosters, they're in a world of hurt with a lot of different issues at the club, and you know they still. We are we are twenty rounds in now, almost, and they they still have not scored thirty points in a game. That's amazing, isn't it? Is it? What about Brandon Smith playing reserve grade on the weekend? What are your thoughts there? The, do you think that there might be a um, a bit of a a roster cull? in the next sort of six to eight months at the Roosters? Yeah, there has to be. Yeah. There has to be. I see that they've already started to, you know, throw Matt Lodge to the wayside and not pick him. Yep. Um, you know, again, that's just a scapegoat. How can you blame a, a, a your third prop for the way you're performing? Yep. Um, Brandon Smith playing reserve grade. I'm sure it's just to get a game in, under his belt before he comes back and plays NRL next weekend. But would you have ever expected Brandon Smith to play a game of reserve grade? No, no. I, I, I thought Brandon Smith was going to solidify himself as the second or third best hooker in the game at, at the Roosters. And now we're probably having a discussion, is he even a hooker? Exactly, exactly. The other question, I, I actually think it's the main question with the Roosters, it's all about the halves. Oh, and I don't think Luke Keary is um, untouchable in this discussion no, either. No, he's not. He, um, they don't have... Either of their halves. So let's say Walker's their other half for, for this point of the conversation. They don't have a point of excellence in, in their in their team there. Like, the, neither of them have an elite kicking game. You wouldn't say that either are elite runners of the football. No, neither, are, neither are good defenders. No, awful defenders. Um, both have playmaking ability. Yes. Both are extremely skillful. What do you do with They're that? They both panic. So... Kiri's best um, trait, I think, is jumping short sides, playing short sides. Well, when you your half that you put him with is a reactive play-off-the-cuff player as well, and you've got one floating short side, one's waiting for something to happen so that he can react off the back of it, who's steering the ship? Is it worth having a conversation that let's look at it and say, 
Luke Keery's best football of his career was when he was with Adam Reynolds and Cooper Cronk. Yeah. And outside of that, what have you done for me? Yeah. No, that, that's right. Yeah. Because he's had someone steering the ship for him. Um, and, and that's why I reckon that there's that talk floating around that they're trying to get Pierce to come back for a year or two. That's a tough sell, isn't it? Yeah. To it'd, fans. It'd be a tough sell to fans and it'd be a tough sell to Pierce who sitting there thinking, hang on, you flicked me five years ago. Exactly. No, Come thanks. back and save us. Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Or <laughs> double the money. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just back to origin, Bradman Best. Yeah, we hadn't got there yet. Didn't see that coming. No one did. What other options did they have? They had... Matt Burton. Matt Burton, which I think would have been the way I would go until that performance he put in the 60-point drubbing. Yep. And that's enough. The way he played that day would be enough to make anyone sit back and go, oh, hang on. Can we really pick this bloke? Stags, who, not being disrespectful to him, he's a powerful human, he runs hard, he can break the line, but he showed pretty quickly that he wasn't quite at that level when he played Origin last. So I don't think they'll go back there ever again. Um, and then with Gutho being on the bench, I'm sure they contemplated Gutho in the centres. They're probably the, the options that they've got. Now, when you deep dive into it, which I hadn't looked at any of this stuff until I heard um, I heard it the other day. Um, analysts were speaking about it. The Knights on Bradman Best's edge, did you know that they have conceded the least amount of tries by any club all season? I did not. No, neither did I. I had no idea. And it's it's not even close. So he's obviously locking down that edge and, you know, maybe he's got a good half or good defensive half with him, but he's obviously doing a good job locking down that that left edge of theirs because teams are not scoring points on on the Knights' uh, left. So, you know, that was an interesting one. He's always had potential. He's always been spoken about, you know, and we didn't know whether it was just because he had the flashy um, or the Bradman as your first name. You'd want to to be good. And then he had a highlight reel um, that rivaled anyone as a junior. So we've been waiting for it, but... Haven't really seen it. I'd say out of the centres, like there's a there's a crop of centres that have come through at the same time as Bradman. So you got Bradman, you got Lomax, you got Stags, Campbell Graham, Campbell Graham as well. Who, sorry, he would have been if he wasn't injured. He would have been there. not a doubt in the world. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, out of those out of those three in particular, very X Factor type players, I, I always thought Bradman Best had the highest of the upside out oh, of those three. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, um, so it, Campbell Graham is your. You you need someone to play for your life. You, you're probably going to for Campbell Graham, aren't you? Yeah. Because he's safe. He's he's a seven out of ten every week. Yeah. Best he, he potentially could blow a game apart on his own. Yep. The the freaky freaks. Yeah. The team of the freaks. It would go to Bradman Best. Uh, to, I, I do see a lot of weaknesses in this team defensively. And I know we just spoke about Bradman Best and <laughs> apparently what a yeah, great job he's look, doing. Because I end up going for a look. Because you know how sometimes things get thrown out on Twitter and it's just not accurate and things yeah. get thrown out in podcasts or on telly and it's not accurate. This one. This one. I, I went and, yeah, exactly. I went and had a look and, yeah, it is spot on. The, I, I will say, though, the the left-hand side for uh, the Blues is where I would be targeting. So you got Walker. Walker, yeah. Walker to Best um, in that combination. So And also... Liam, Liam Martin. Martin will be on the left as well, so that'll help out Cody Walker a bit. So he'll be shooting out of the line trying to he'll have annihilate to. people, yeah. He'll have to. Uh, the the right side, I, I think, is rock solid. 
for, yeah. for the Blues with Keon and you've got Mitch Moses and also and Stephen Crichton. Yeah, that's their stronger side. Yeah, so if you look at the left side of the Maroons, you're looking at the Hammer yep. and you're looking at Murray Tulungi. So that's the area I, I think you'll see the Maroons going to throughout the game. But then it, ma it matches up to New South Wales, the side that they're probably going to be strongest defensively at. So, you know, you might see... Uh, might be worth a few dollars on Valentine Holmes or Xavier Coates' first try scorer. Probably, probably. Uh, I, I will say the the defence of Murray Tulungi this yeah. season, uh, this Origin season, has been unlike anything you've ever seen from an Origin winger before. Uh, except for Matt Singh. Matt Singh back in the day. We're going back <laughs> a while. Matt Singh. We're going back a while. Um, and yeah, no, he he's been good, hasn't he? He saved what do you reckon? Three, four three, tries. Three or four. Yeah. Three or four tries. But, um, like, three certainties. Yeah, definitely. Uh, man of the series. Um, I know that there's still a game to go, but I, I think it's really hard to look past Munster. But if I was, Daly Cherry Evans is the other one that comes yeah, to mind. they're the same. Well, they're my two. Um, Carrigan, Cotter have been good. These Man of the Match awards are just off Bizarre. tap. Yeah. Off tap. <laughs> Look, the, the Cotter one, you can argue, like, you know, you could argue. Someone could mount an argument and nearly convince me. I wouldn't have gone in, but you you could get me there. The Lindsay Collin ones, no, no. way. I, he was unreal. He was unbelievable, but no way. No. That when Lindsay's best work was when the game was done. Yeah. And it was great work. It was. He was great. Phenomenal. But yeah. uh, I think Munster, and particularly in Game 2 DCE, when the when the chips were all in, DC was the man. That's right, and and obviously um, Reese Walsh would have taken a couple of points off off someone in, yep. in in particular game one. I didn't think he was that impressive game two. Um, Give me a score and a man of the match. Well, dead rubbers are. When was the last time it was a three nil? Ten years ago. I think two thousand and ten. Yeah. Uh, Queensland won three nil. Oh, I hope it's 3-0. Well, absolutely. Um, but I want to try and get nostradamus -y here. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. New South Wales 24 to 14. You're tipping New South Wales to win. New South Wales 24-14. Teddy man of the match. <laughs> that would be that would be something. And that's based on the amount of times that teams have been in a position to win 3-0, and it hasn't happened for 13 years. And the, before that, it was probably 10 years, you know. So it never, it very rarely happens. It, it does very rarely happen. The biggest mismatch I think we've ever seen was in the 20, um, 2021 series. Uh, yeah, South Wales yeah, that's right, yeah. Had played Queensland off a break, won by 50 and 30. 30 yeah. And, and then, then lost. somehow, yep. in game three, Queensland and, gets it done. And we all know that... We, that 10-year run when we had a side that was just... Immortals. Yeah, head and shoulders better than New South Wales. Once we did it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. So if, if we can do it, it'll be an amazing effort and Munster will be man of the match. Yeah, I, I do think they will do it. Talking to Nate the other day, there's there's no complacency in that camp whatsoever. I'm going to go... I just I just don't... I just don't see it. In the same way, you, you and I tipped a drubbing in game two and... It was exactly that. I don't think it'll be that crazy, but I'm going to go 30 to 18 to Queensland. I, I just, I just can't see 
New South Wales stopping Queensland's attack. The way that they're attacking at the moment, I just can't see it. Look, and, and you're, you're, you're probably right. I, again, I just... This team wouldn't beat the sides that went through the 10-year the period. No. And this New South Wales side is is no worse than what was being dished up there. So, it, it just wouldn't shock me if they find a way to win. And I'll go Tino for man of the match. Tino, man of the match. First try? First try score. I'll go uh, the hammer. The hammer? The hammer. Okay, I'll go... Finza. Val Holmes. <laughs> Seems good to see you. Thanks, mate.